This is episode 16 of the Kindred Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Sue Allen. Thanks for tuning in today. It's been two weeks since you've heard from me because last week was the 4th of July and I took the week off. I hope you all had a wonderful day celebrating with your families. This week I have an interview to share with my sweet friend Marilyn Song Harry, a longtime friend of mine who shared an essay called Redefining Supermom with our community a few months ago. Her essay is a great read with some humor tossed in so I hope you'll check it out if you have a chance. In this chat, we talk about the discontent that comes when we don't feel that we measure up to the title of Supermom, and how to battle that discontent with gratitude and recognize that what we do as mamas is truly important. I apologize in advance for some of the audio challenges in this recording. Even though I've been at this for about six weeks, I'm still working through the technical stuff. This show is supported by One Day's Wages, a grassroots movement of people, stories, and actions intended to alleviate extreme global poverty. This organization is captivated by the idea that everyday people have the power to change the world. One Day's Wages serves women, children, and under-resourced families. If you are interested in learning more about their projects, visit onedayswages.org. Today, I have with me Song Harry. Song, how are you doing? Hey, I'm good. I'm so happy to be here today. Yeah, I'm really glad to have you and would love for you to begin by introducing your family. Yes, well, um, my name is Song Harry. Um, Song is short for Marilyn Song, my full name, um, but I just gradually moved into being called Song throughout my life. Um, my mom is a singer and a worshiper, loves the Lord, and um, felt like I was her her song from the Lord. So I guess I sort of feel like I always have to explain my name. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. a little bit of an unusual one. Is it Dawn? Is it a poem? Is it Psalm? <laughs> I get yeah. a lot of that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, my parents uh, were not hippies, and neither is my father Korean. I just have that name. So um, my husband's name is Matthew. And he is a small business owner and tech um, at a plumbing business. And so he uh, gets all the joys of operating the parts of our lives that we uh, maybe don't like to think about. But he makes people's homes and facilities run smoothly. And he's awesome. Um, I love my handyman. We have five children together, three boys and two girls, um, not in that order. But uh, they they came fast and furious. We got married and a year later um, had our firstborn and our first four were born in four years. And then uh, we came up for air for a three year period um, before my youngest daughter was born. (laughs) And so we've had um, just an incredible journey. I I am just in awe of what can happen in 12 years and how different uh, things can turn out from your expectations when you're barely graduated from college and think that you know everything and oh my gosh you don't really know anything at all (laughs) so um but I couldn't be um more thankful for 
all the twists and turns and all of the things that have just helped to shape us and draw us closer together um, as a couple um, things that could have made or broken us um, definitely made us. And I think that's just the grace of God and just our choice to, to follow him. So yeah, that's a little bit about our family. Wonderful. Well, thanks for sharing. And listeners may not know, but we have known each other since college and have weathered many seasons of motherhood together, really across miles because we haven't lived in the same place since college, Mm -hmm. but we've stayed very connected. And I just have loved having a front row seat to um, how you have blossomed as a mama and the ways that you prioritize and invest in family and building a strong family culture in your home. Mm -hmm. And um, so today I wanted to talk about an essay that you shared with the Kindred Mom community a couple of months ago, uh, which was called Redefining Supermom. Yes. You had shared uh, a number of different things just about the pressure to be super (laughs) and how we define that. And I'd love for you to talk about how you have navigated that space of um, trying to give your best to your family, but also Mm -hmm. um, just recognizing your own limitations. And I'd love for you to just begin talking about that essay a bit. Yeah, well, um, you know, I was very blessed to come from a, uh, a long line of matriarchs of women that were strong women, that were strong mothers that were very relational and also very domestic. So in that sense, I felt like I walked into motherhood um, with my eyes pretty wide open um, compared to a lot of people because I also was the oldest of six children. And so I was kind of my mom's right-hand woman. Um, And so I kind of, I mean, I, you know, young, the young toddler years throw a lot of people for a loop and I was pretty well acquainted with those years with my younger siblings. Of course, it looks different totally different when you're a mom than (laughs) when you're an older sister. But um, still, I felt like I was blessed in that I I had such wonderful examples set before me of women that uh, navigated those years uh, so fruitfully and so gracefully. And so in that sense, I, I felt like I was very well equipped, as equipped as you can be. I mean, there's so many things that you cannot even hope to prepare for, um, in motherhood. But in that sense, I felt like I was, I, I was given a a very rare gift and I I loved welcoming my babies into the family. And of course the exhaustion was, was just difficult. And so many things, um, you know, factor into what happened. But I think what I dealt with is that I came from a fairly performance oriented background. And so I expected perfection of myself. We can hear a lot about performance, even in the church and what um, God expects or what you should shoot for or ideals that are thrown out there. And so I had a lot of very unrealistic um, expectations of myself that were really, frankly, impossible to achieve. And then you play the comparison game and you see, you know, Susie Q down the aisle that just seems like she has everything together. And, um, you know, all these different outside external pressures can factor into your mothering um, to really create a person in your mind that can't exist, doesn't exist, and will never exist. You know, and that's, that's not even what God is asking and what he wants. 
of us. And so uh, Redefining Supermom kind of came out of that search, that quest to kind of find myself and to just choose to not define my role and not to define my success by what other people think, by any comparison, by social media or, you know, what people want to say is the ideal for your finances, for your body, for your Pinterest style home or whatever. And so, yeah, I have chosen to turn off a lot of those voices and say, you know what, this is who I am. This is what I can offer and yes, I want to be better. I want to tighten up those places, those squeaks in your life that are that need adjusting. But I'm not going to be I'm not going to define myself by those standards anymore. I'd love to read just some little excerpt from your essay. Right at the opening, you said modern mommies everywhere are well acquainted with her. She's gorgeous and fit, eternally calm and cheerful with her children who are always perfectly behaved. She has a flawlessly decorated home filled with white furniture and a hunky doting husband who always takes out the trash. You know, like one of those women laughing in a salad commercial. She's super mom. That's right. That's apparently the image that I had in my head. Um, yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and sometimes, let's be honest, I still want to be that woman. But, you know, I think a messy life is so much more rewarding and more beautiful than we realize. And what, you know, it was actually my mom recently that said to me in a hard time of her life that she just heard this whisper in her spirit, love the life you have, you know? And I think that's just going to be a mantra for me throughout different seasons of my life. Love the life I have, not the one next door, not the one in five years, not the one 15 years ago, right now. Just live in the mess, live in the moment, and love yourself. I think there's also so much pressure to be advancing, whether it's advancing a career or improving mm-hmm. a home or, you know, just the what's next kind of culture that we live in, that mm-hmm. it's really hard to be present with where we are at the moment. And anytime mm-hmm. we're looking at the future and all the possibilities, that seems so shiny, but it's also not reality. Because when we get to those possibilities with all of the, the glamorous things that we might achieve are all of the unglamorous things we had to do to get there. <laughs> and <laughs> then when we're looking at the past, there are just so many things that we leave out of our memory, either because they were the gritty mm-hmm. hard things that we wanted to forget or mm-hmm. there are the small things that we overlooked. So part of being in the present with our families and um, loving the life that we have right now really is shutting out the voices both in our own minds of, of the possibilities mm-hmm. and the past um, to see the gifts that are right in front of us uh, right now. Absolutely. One of the most life-changing books for me, um, I read about I don't know, eight or nine, eight years ago, maybe, I know you've read it as well, um, called 1,000 Gifts by Ann Voskamp. And that really shifted everything for me because up until that time, I, I lived in my expectations and in my hopes and dreams. And I lived under a standard of personal achievement. And I just felt just like I was always discontent. I was always discontent with myself, with my circumstances, with my spouse, with my children. That book just opened my eyes to see how many gifts are we given every day that are completely unnoticed, unthanked for, just 
brushed under the carpet as being nothing and totally taken for granted. And um, Ann Voskamp just encouraged me to, in that book, through that book, to start keeping a journal of all the tiny, tiny ways that God is present in our everyday. And, you know, it really doesn't matter how bad life is or has been for us or for some of our listeners out there. There is always something to thank God for. And he's just, he's good. And um, so I chose to start looking for those goodnesses instead of focusing on the negative. And that translated to myself as a mom. And slowly I started to see myself as a good mom instead Mm -hmm. of as a lacking mom or as a cranky mom or as a mom that needed X, Y, and Z to be happy. That book was really impactful for me when I read it as well. And I have gone through a couple of seasons of just really deep depression and Mm -hmm. working through a lot of hard stuff, as you know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it was counterintuitive to me at the time. But as I actually began doing it, the process of acknowledging and being grateful for the small gifts in my life, it really did change something in me and Mm -hmm. continues to do so as I continue to remember that because it's one of those things I feel like is so simple and seems like that's just too simple (laughs) like Mm -hmm. because you know we're we're wanting we're wanting like a really drastic change like really quick like the results Mm -hmm. oriented culture that we live in but it's a small character shaping thing to day after day after day to see the gifts I think gratitude is the root of joy and is the first step to overcoming depression. Um, Especially, I mean, depression that just arises from difficult life circumstances. I mean, I'm not really speaking to the depression that happens as a result of chemical imbalance and things like that. But yes, I mean, we all go through periods of depression and um, loneliness or frustration or marital discontent or issues with children and illness and life is tough life is hard you know it is so hard when we make that choice to just be just hold on to gratitude and to choose to believe um, differently I was just listening a little while ago to the other podcast by Naomi and um Kasha just talked about teaching her brain to think differently. And I think choosing gratitude is real similar to that. And you're encountering those voices and encountering those thoughts that tell you that you're a bad mom, that you're doing a terrible job, that you aren't as good as so-and-so, or you don't have what you should have um, for the season of your life. And speaking to those thoughts and encountering them with truth and countering them with uh, scripture and countering them with words of gratitude and praise rather than complaints and whining. And I think there's a tendency, it's, it's not limited to our own sex, but I do believe that women um, can tend to focus on the negative because we, I don't know, it's just, we're emotional and we tend to be, um, you know, just to want to make our marriage is better. <laughs> I remember once at a marriage seminar, um, he, the speaker said, <laughs> it's just so good. He's like, 
you know, generally speaking, women constantly want their marriages to get better. And they're just always looking for their ways to make their marriage better. And a man tends to, generally speaking, think that their marriage is great as long as it's not really bad. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's, that's so true. You know, and I just think that um, we have to choose to be positive and, and choose gratitude and just uh, speak life and speak encouragement to our own souls. We need to redefine what it means to be a super mom and I think one way you do that, I don't even know if I really touched on it in the article, but one way you do that is to start saying, I am amazing because God has given me all that I need in this moment. And I can be grateful to him for that. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think in my own journey as a mom, I feel like earlier in my mothering journey, there were a lot of things that I wrestled through and struggled with. And I had a long season that I did not enjoy being a mother. And as I tried harder to fix the equation and make things better, it just didn't get better for that reason. It wasn't until mm -hmm. I started seeing that as my heart is changed and as I invest more deeply into my family and embrace what God has asked of me in this season, which really is to do all of these unglamorous things that at the end of the day, I don't have the satisfaction of, I have a paycheck to say, look at all this work I did. Or I right. have somebody cheering me on saying, you're such a great mom and you did all these awesome things today. It really actually looks like, what did I accomplish? It doesn't yeah. look like a lot because now there's still dishes in the sink or now there's yeah. you know messes it's all over the so house. It's so unqualifiable. <laughs> it's yeah, really... it's just hard to, to show what we've done throughout a day, but that doesn't make it insignificant. You mm -hmm. day in and day out tend to our children's small needs um, that mm -hmm. are really end up being the big ones. They're the mm -hmm. opportunity for us to build the connection and the trust and the unglamorous parts of motherhood are really so much about building our children's character and our own character. And as I have learned that the solution I can bring to any problem is really myself. How can mm -hmm. I be a, a brighter voice in our home? How can I be more of an encourager? You know, it's really never my discontent that gets me anywhere, <laughs> which, right. you know, like the more we indulge the negativity, the harder it is, I feel. Um, it doesn't mean mm -hmm. that it's not hard because it absolutely is hard to be a mom. Mm -hmm. But I think that's why um, the support of other women who are encouragers around us can be really helpful. Um, I think that's also why the comparison of looking at other people's lives and what they have and what we don't have or yeah. or vice versa can be so damaging because it just doesn't help us take responsibility for the attitudes that we bring into the situation and just focusing on how can I bring gratitude is just such a simple step that does make a difference the desire to do well in this role that's undeniable we all want to be great moms and just the way that we evaluate what is a great mom that it's not the outward things that show whether you're succeeding in your that's home right. or not, because there's so much that's out of our control, really. I mean, you could be the best mom in the world who's super committed and still have a toddler freak out at the grocery store. So <laughs> just those and outward things. Have. Yes. Yes. <laughs> those outward things can't be the measure of you know, how well we're doing. Um, I think there have been times in my life, particularly, that I've really strongly struggled with worry and um, fear. And it is amazing. I, you know, coming on 
to the other side of that and seeing God's provision and God's goodness come through. It's taught me a pretty powerful lesson that it doesn't matter how much you spend time worrying or speaking negatively or just feeling, you know, complaining or whining. It does not change your circumstances one iota. I think coming through that season and experiencing the depression that came along in that season and just seeing, wow, God is what does change your life <laughs> and what does even alter your circumstances at times mm-hmm. is choosing to praise instead of to worry, choosing to be grateful instead of complaining. It's a powerful truth and I, I'm still yeah. learning it, but um, it's, it's made me such a more confident mom. It's made me a more peaceful and calm mom. I'm so thankful. One really practical thing that I feel like has helped me over the years is complaining is a really specific ongoing action. I feel mm-hmm. if you're complaining about something, you probably are going to still be complaining about it an hour later and still mm-hmm. be complaining about it a day later. And there's nothing that really changes. Mm-hmm. And for me, there's a difference between complaining and acknowledging how I feel mm-hmm. and to acknowledge I'm frustrated. I am so frustrated oh, about totally. this one specific that's thing. Yeah. So I can acknowledge something and then I can find something to be grateful for after mm-hmm. I've acknowledged how I feel. I feel like that draws me out of that negative space and it does allow things to change. Maybe the thing I was frustrated about doesn't change immediately, but yeah. if I can acknowledge how I feel, then I feel like I have a footing to move a, a different direction. And that helps me a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I see that too. And lots of scriptures, lots of the Psalms actually right in the middle of the Bible. It's just amazing how often David speaks from a place of crisis and of great frustration where his life was literally in danger and he's bemoaning his situation and then the last few verses of the psalm, you know, it's always, but I will yet praise him. I will yeah. put my hope in God. God is good and his love endures forever. And you just, oh, you speaks to his soul and speaks his soul out of that situation and out of that complaining spirit. And so it's, yeah, like you said, it's absolutely important to be able to acknowledge frustration, acknowledge your emotions and give yourself a voice, but don't stay there. You know, like that's not where we're meant to to dwell and to stay. So, so as we close this episode out, I would love for you to give a little encouragement to those mamas who are listening along with us and maybe are in that place of just trying to figure out how can they regard themselves Mm -hmm. with the value that God holds them in. Well, I would just say to you, mama out there, um, that just as you love and adore these tiny people that are in your life and that you care for with every bit of that affection and that passion that you have for them to, to grow up and to succeed and um, with every bit of that, that strength that you show that little person to help them along through every phase of development, that is just a very small, dim reflection of how God loves you. God does see you and he loves you with such fierce affection, the same way and much more infinitely more so uh, than you do with your little ones. So I would just encourage you to take out a journal, take out 
um, scrap a paper and just write down 10 things real quick, things that come to mind that you're grateful for. You are enough. You're beautiful. And um, I just encourage you to, to love the life that you've been given. I have known Song for many years, and I have seen a radical transformation in her life from our college days to the present. She lives this message authentically and inspires me in many ways. Her invitation to love the life I have now, I say yes to that. It is so easy to get caught waiting for what we long for that hasn't come to us yet, and not see the beauty of what is right here before us. These years with our little ones are hard. They are messy. It's a struggle to wade through the years of exhaustion and the wild card of toddlerhood. Motherhood is not for the weak. And I hope this chat helps you embrace that perfection or any other outward measure of success and put-togetherness is not really the target. The target is loving our families well, and I'm willing to bet that you are doing that more diligently and more successfully than you realize. You have given up sleep for your babies. You have given up your pre-baby body. You have traded time and money in other places to be available and engaged with your little ones as they grow. At the end of Song's essay, she shared these words, You aren't perfect, but you are enough. And maybe you don't give yourself enough credit for the thousands of little ways you heroically love, sacrifice, and rescue your children in the midst of everyday life. You may gloss over it and think it is nothing, but those moments are everything. They are everything to those little people who depend on you for everything they need. You are stronger than you think and more powerful than you know, and you are definitely super mom. Mamas, in the midst of all the ways we might feel like we are floundering, may we embrace the truth that we are invested, committed, intentional, loving moms, and in the moments we struggle, may we ask God for His help, and may we look for the small things we can give thanks for, even in our low moments.